0: Is happening everyone it is another edition of split decision along with will brewer i am colby daniels back after a week hiatus as my family welcomed in the fourth edition so uh had to call an audible last week and uh i am glad that we are finally talking about things because as the dust settled on saturday evening and still was the announcement as leon edwards retains the welterweight title with the win over Kamaru Usman to close out their incredible trilogy, but what a fight card it was in London inside the O2 arena. Will Brewer, good to see your face. How are you, my friend?
1: Man, I'm awesome, man. And I just wanted to say congratulations on the addition to your family. Uh, I know that is a super, super big deal. Uh, and I'm happy for you, man. I'm happy for the whole family. And I wish you guys nothing but the best. So thank you. with very that much. being said... UFC 286 was awesome, man. Uh, I had a hard time. I'm not going to lie because I was trying to watch that and I was trying to watch uh, the NCAA tournament at the same time. And I wish I could just have one eye on one screen and the other eye on the other screen yeah. and not completely look effed up. But uh, it, it was good. I mean, all things considered with uh, with how the card went, it, I, I enjoyed both of them. UFC 286 was awesome. From start to finish, I thought the card was great. So it was good, man.
0: I I had a little bit of the same issue. I was keeping track of with all the screens, watching all the March Madness, watching the UFC fight card. Uh, I will admit that when the Gaethje fight was on and when the main event was on, as long as they were in the octagon and the clock was running, I didn't even glance at basketball. And I had to go back and like after the fact rewatch the end of Kansas, Arkansas, because I completely missed everything that happened down the stretch of that, but I just couldn't do it. Like I couldn't even move my eyes over to the other screen. That's literally an inch away, right. To watch the basketball action, because when Gaethje was in the octagon and when Kamaru Usman and Leon Edwards were in there, like I was, I was standing for the entirety of both of those fights and I was absolutely glued to the action. What a fight card. And and especially what a final two fights of that main card.
1: i tell you what, I was painfully um moving my eyes over to the Kansas Arkansas game I I really didn't want to you know my cousin coaches for Arkansas love the squad and everything but I mean it it was just like as the time is ticking down in the Kansas Arkansas game it's getting really good and then all of a sudden you got Usman and Edwards about to start I'm just like oh my gosh what is going on but um luckily Arkansas came away with the big win there in the sweet 16 and then uh that car Gaethje Vaziev and Usman Edwards I mean just the whole night it it delivered. Uh, I, I was thoroughly impressed with what I saw. Um, I know the first time in Neo Two it was great. The second time it was, eh. but you know I thought this one for a pay per view. I thought it. I thought it delivered for sure. Yeah.
0: Well, give me your thoughts on the main event. Leon Edwards retains the welterweight title. It concludes the trilogy with Kamara Usman. Uh, these guys met. I mean, dating back to the beginning of their UFC careers, and finally we have punctuated this incredible trilogy. Um, I thought it was a, an entertaining fight. Uh, but I want to get your takes on on what you watched and, and what you felt like you were watching throughout those five rounds.
1: Yeah, so I, I definitely thought Leon Edwards won the fight. Um, but I will say I had it 3-2 for Leon, and I thought that fence grab was going to really F him uh, at the end of the day. I thought we were walking into a draw, and I was like, I, I, like, what is going to happen next? Uh, yeah. They got to do a fourth fight. That just completely hold up the division. I was probably about 90% sure that we were going to see a draw. Um, but, of course, the scorecard's right with a red. I thought Leon Edwards fought a very smart fight, um, being able to attack uh, Kamaru's legs and attack his body with the kicks. Uh, I thought Usman was so overly uh, concerned about the head kick that he didn't really uh, account for the other parts of the air, of the body that <laughs> Leon Edwards could kick. Because if you look at the numbers, uh, they kind of tell the story of the fight. And not many fights really do that. Like yeah. The efficiency of Leon Edwards' kicks and the fact that Usman... When he got him down, he wasn't able to keep him there. I thought, I thought that those were the most important factors of the fight. Uh, I thought Leon won the first round pretty convincingly. Uh, I thought the second round was close, but I edged it to Usman. I thought Usman won the third uh, with the fence grab, so I gave it that a 10-8. Um, I thought the fourth round was really close, but I gave that to Leon, and I gave the fifth round to Leon. So uh, I thought we, were, we ended up with a draw, but really Leon won the fight um i just thought it was a really good performance from from leon it was a good performance from usman too i could see um a world where he where people say that he would win the fight i I don't have a problem with that at all but i just thought leon just kind of edged him Uh, and it was a performance i didn't really think that leon had in him you know i thought that usman was going to be able to uh, control him with his wrestling but uh, leon got up every time uh he didn't allow usman to control him to really gain any control time and i thought um the kicks were the story of the fight so um I didn't think that Leon would be able to win the decision against Usman because of Usman's wrestling, but he negated that and made the, the kicks the story of the fight. So props to Leon, man. He is the true welterweight champion of the world.
0: How much of the lack of wrestling on Usman's part was, do you think, because he didn't want to get or leave himself open, maybe going in for a takedown to take one of those massive shots? Because I, like Dana White made the point after the fight card that he thought that Usman wasn't fighting in a hesitant way because he chose to fight the stand-up battle as opposed to wrestling. I kind of felt like even though he was pursuing and fighting a stand-up fight, he wasn't like all in, right? Like there, he wasn't going forward the same way that he normally was. He wasn't pursuing takedowns the same way that he normally would, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fear of taking a big shot. Now knowing that Leon possessed the ability to to put him out.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, a part of it uh, because normally when you see Usman pursue people like that, he's um, active with his hands, active with something, whether it's trying to pursue a takedown or, or whatever the case is. But I think it's different with Leon because he's so tall and he's so fast with his kicks. So I think that factors in a little bit. And and maybe I think that Usman, Usman thought his pressure was going to tire out Leon and towards maybe the third or, or end of the second or something like that, he would try to uh, he thought maybe the takedowns would come a little easier because I, I thought the first round I didn't understand why Usman wasn't more active with his wrestling. He was just he was there, pressure was there, and everything, but he just kind of left it as a standup fight for the entire first round, and he didn't really pursue a takedown in the second until after he landed a big shot on 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 Leon, and then he shot. So um, I don't know. I think that's I think what you said was is part of it, but uh, I think maybe he was trying to uh, make make Leon tired, trying to. Get him to uh, to throw kicks, throw shots, get him tired. But you know, Leon showed like he said in in the lead up, like that altitude was was a problem. It really affected me. Yeah. And in the second fight, he said, or in in the third fight, he said that wouldn't be a problem. And obviously, uh, I didn't really see uh, Leon get tired. I did think though, and uh, I I thought that Leon got a little, uh, I don't know if the nervous is the word, but I was surprised to see him make so many mistakes in in the third round because it was just like. One after the other, after the other, and I thought the tide was going to swing drastically after that. But um, Leon was able to keep his head in, in the championship rounds. I that was a big deal. So, and because I gave him both the fourth and the fifth round. So, yeah, um, yeah, props to Leon, man, for sure.
0: So I scored it four-one. I gave I gave Usman the third, and obviously with the point deduction, that's a 10-8 round. But otherwise, I had every other round for Leon. I if if somebody wants to make the case that this was a draw, because you could you could argue that. Round two could go either way. Fine. If you want to argue round three could go either way for that matter, even though I scored it for Usman. I thought that was a close enough round that, I mean, that could have been a nine, nine, uh, in my mind. Like I, I I don't dispute that that could have been a draw because of the point deduction in no way. Can I buy anybody selling me that Usman won the fight? Uh, so I, I I don't, I have heard people say like, they felt like Usman should have won the fight. Like that's crazy to me. Um, I think best case scenario for him is he loses three, two, but because of the point deduction, Uh, you get the draw. Um, I I can make the argument that Leon did more damage in every single round. All five rounds, I think Leon did more damage. Uh, There's just somewhere, you know, I think that just overall maybe strike count combined with some takedowns and a little bit of of activity maybe makes up for landing the biggest shot of the round. But I, I think that for me, Leon did more damage in all five rounds. And I thought he was clear cut, just the better guy that night. That's not to say if they fight 10 times that he's the better guy every night. But on Saturday, I thought he had a great game plan. I thought that the the kicks and you could tell how damaging those leg kicks were to Usman as that fight went on and on and on. Uh, he was he was not liking those in those later rounds. But uh, I, it was a brilliant game plan from Leon. The takedown defense was really good. Um, I, I thought the, po- the, the point deduction was... Was the right call? As much as I hated it in the moment, nobody wants to see a, a point taken away in a championship fight, and maybe that becoming a deciding factor. But as we've talked about so many times, it's it, it's getting to the point that these fence grabs are are getting so ridiculous that you have to start making a statement. Uh, but I, I thought Leon was just clearly the better guy on Saturday. Like I zero part of me entertained the idea that Usman won.
1: I thought it was I thought it was a really close fight, uh, but like I said, I did th- think that Leon won. But I think there's a world where, like, not not many people will think this. And, of course, I don't. But, like, if you were to – I thought the second and the fourth rounds and the third round were close enough that if you wanted to give those rounds to Usman, you could. And then you would have got a, a Usman decision. Um, but for me, I did – I'm with you, though. I, I thought that Leon was the better guy. I thought he did land the, the more damaging shots. Uh, I, I didn't think Usman was active enough. Uh, I didn't think Usman had enough control time. And I thought Leon did uh, enough in every round uh, to to kind of edge out Usman. And I, but I thought those rounds were really close. Um, first round was clear as day. Fifth round yeah. was pretty much clear as day. Um, fourth round, I was close, but I edged it to Leon. Second round was close, but I edged it uh, to Usman. And, uh, you know, that third round was close too. But, yeah. uh, I mean, like, like I said, like all these rounds were, were pretty close. But the ones that did, uh, the ones that were clear went to Leon. So, uh, he only would have had to win one of the of those other three rounds and all three of them were pretty close. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't mind it. I, I definitely thought walking into the decision that we were going to have a uh, a draw. But the 48, uh, 46, I, I don't mind at all. Um, Leon, that was a very impressive performance. So uh, he deserved it, man. He deserved to be uh, the winner on that night.
0: Well, now spinning it forward on Leon Edwards, um, I guess Dana says it's going to be Colby Covington next. Um, Leon didn't necessarily agree with that. And and he made the statement, I'm the champ and and I will decide uh, who's going to get an opportunity. Uh, He was then uh, told that Dana basically said Colby's next. I'll I'll be curious to see how this plays out and, and if there's any sort of like resistance toward Colby ultimately getting that shot, because we know if Dana says it, that's probably the way it's going to go. But Man, that is a welterweight division, Will, where because you've had Usman fight Colby twice, second fight for Usman against Leon, he fought Masvidal twice, uh, and just I I think kind of seeing some of the top tier guys in the welterweight division kind of age out, we don't have a lot of big time deciding matchups between the top five or six contenders where they fought each other, right? I mean, that's the disappointing part of this welterweight division is Colby Covington doesn't have a single win currently over a current top 10 welterweight right? Like, that's crazy. These guys haven't been fighting each other. Uh, The high-end guys haven't been fighting each other in the welterweight division. I mean, Gilbert Burns, who's a top five guy, just came off of beating who? Neil Magny? Like, these guys at the top have not been fighting each other, and it's completely ridiculous, and I don't think Colby is deserving. I think in terms of quote-unquote deserving, Bilal Muhammad is probably the most deserving of that title shot, but none of these contenders have really fought each other, and that's that's incredibly disappointing, and I can understand why a lot of people would scoff at Colby Covington getting this opportunity.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely feel for Bilal because he's not even in the discussion. When he's out of everyone, he's got the the biggest winning streak, and his resume, if you when you look at it, it's pretty impressive. Uh, I think what's hurting him and what's working for Colby at this point is uh, the the star power, box office the, draw, if the the, the okay. ability to to sell fights and all that stuff. Uh, you know, Kobe's going to sell the fight. And when you look at Gilbert Burns, he's kind of been up and down, win loss, win loss, win loss. You look at Jorge Masvidal; he's been uh, he's lost like two in a row. I, I think it might be three in a row. You look at um, uh, who Balam Muhammad, who's got this winning streak, but he doesn't really have that signature win. Even though, to me. Like, he beat Luke, who was ranked, like, number six at the time, and he was number five. It was something like that. Yeah. And then Sean Brady, he had to fight down. Like, I don't think that he had, that he should need to fight down. I think Bilal Muhammad should need to fight up. But he, I guess you can make the case that he hasn't had that signature win. For me, I, w- I would love to see that, Leon and Bilal, because we never got a definitive end to that fight. Um, but I think at this point, it's just like, if we're going to have a main event, uh, for the welterweight title and it's going to be the uh, the the fight on a on our pay-per-view for people to buy it's Leon and Kobe and as much as I hate that Kobe sat on the sidelines for a year I mean it it, it makes sense that it would be Leon and Kobe only because of the the box office appeal to it yeah. if it's not that then we then this welterweight division still needs to work itself out i mean what is the rush to have Leon to have his next challenger I don't really see what the rush is uh we, we've got uh Burns and Masvidal fighting soon um we I guess Bilal's fighting Shafkot which is um which is incredible I don't understand why Bilal has to fight Shafkot now um and then like w- last year we were talking about Kobe and Hamza potentially fighting and I know that Hamzad is moving up and and now um Bil- or, uh, and now Kobe just getting a title shot out of nowhere like yeah. what makes him the undisputed number one contender I don't know. I think it's all weird, but
0: because Dana was like, "He's he's deserving. Why? He just is. Okay. Why?
1: Like, <laughs> because you, you gotta say, say so. Just because he because he flew to London and was the backup fighter. That like that makes him yeah. deserving. He beat Jorge Masvidal last year. He that makes him deserving. I mean, I don't I don't see it, man. But
0: like, if we're gonna uh, go off box office draw, I would make the argument that Jorge Masvidal deserves the next title shot.
1: Yes, and the story is there. All Jorge needs is a win. Yeah. But that's why you've got them fighting. And and I think it's perfect. Like, I know that it's a big, like, task for Maslow to beat Burns. But just imagine, Mazda beats Burns. Leon just completed a trilogy with Usman. I mean, how how perfect is that? Yeah. But I don't know. Kobe has done a masterful job. And I, I don't know how he's done it. He done, I mean, he's done a masterful job at getting title shots without beating a real top-ranked guy. Like, he's beaten the perfect matchups. In order to get him a title shot, like first it was Robbie Lawler, who was on the the uh, backside of his career. He hasn't looked good lately. Gets a title shot, gets knocked out in fifth. Then he beats uh, Tyron Woodley, and we all know that Woodley was on a downward spiral in a in the worst way. Yeah, beats him, fights Usman again, loses. Then he beats Masvidal. Stylistically, that is a great matchup for Kobe, and he proved it on the night. So now now he takes off a year, but this division is different now. I understand that we have a different champion, so that kind of works in his favor. But I, I would like to see Kobe fight one more. I think Kobe and Bilal is a perfect fight to make. I already see the Russian getting Leon and uh, and uh, Kobe in there. Like, are we booking this fight for May, June, or something? I don't understand it. It's just weird.
0: The biggest argument for Colby Covington is that he lost twice to Usman in close fights. Right? It's two losses. That's like the selling point. Like this is this is like college football where we get to the the college football playoff and we start arguing like quality losses, right? Like well this team yeah. lost a close game to this team, so that makes that well who have you beat, right? Like you, and again, like I'm not trying to suggest that that uh, the wins that he has on the resume are less than but he has he's currently on a one fight win streak right after back to after losing two separate title shots. Like let's move on. Let's give somebody else a title shot and let's let's have him beat a top five guy to prove that he deserves a third title shot i mean that that just makes sense in my mind and again if they just want to argue box office draw then i would say he's not even the best box office draw here masvidal would be because a masvidal is way more popular b masvidal and leon edwards have a backstory and c masvidal stylistically versus leon edwards is the most fun matchup you can make like, it all makes uh, sense. Yeah. So if you're going to argue box office draw, and I don't mean you, I just mean, like, the collective you. If you're going to argue box office draw, then I would say Masvidal would be number one for me and then Colby number two. So I, he doesn't even win that argument in my mind. I think it's, and I, I don't know for sure, but
1: this is just a, what, I, what I'm what i seeing. I think they don't believe that Masvidal's gonna be, um is going to beat Burns. I don't think they want to give Burns a title shot off of just two wins over Magny and Masvidal. Right. Bal has his winning streak, but he he hasn't beaten uh, a top guy. Like the 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 real interest for Bilal at the at the time really wasn't there. But I think with this whole Leon Kobe thing, there's more people that's coming to Bilal's defense, and it's like, why isn't Bilal getting a title shot? Yeah. Why is it why does it have to be Kobe right now? But I, I'll give you a guy. Like, how about Robert Whittaker? He lost to Israel Adesanya just once. He lost the title to, Robert, to uh, Israel Adesanya. He had to beat Darren Till, Jared Cannonier, and Kelvin Gastelum just to fight Adesanya again. Kobe's lost the, the, the title fight twice, and sure, it's a different guy, but he only needs to beat Masvidal in order to be the number one contender. It, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Um, I can understand it a little bit more if this fight were, like, he beat Masvidal back in March, if this fight were in August of twenty two, like that makes more sense. But the fact that Kobe's been off for a year and all he did was lay as the backup fighter, but now he's he has to be the yeah. number one contender. When you were just trying to get him to fight Hamzat, what what has changed? I don't get it. I just don't.
0: Is is any of this maybe the? Do you think the UFC likes having Leon as the champ?
1: I don't. I think that because like like is he good for know, business? at this moment i'm not gonna say he's not but like i i'm sure the ufc is like there's better options and colby is one of them to, to the ufc like we we've been doing this podcast for for years right yeah we've we've documented the leon story from start to finish basically like during the pandemic leon edwards was was getting taken out of the rankings because he wouldn't fight hamzat like i felt like the, the title fight with leon and Usman was like oh here fine here, like, you can, you can have your title fight against Usman. But he ended up winning. <laughs> so it's like, dang. So now he has to fight Usman again. He won again. Yeah. Now it's like, well, dang. Well, we don't want to give him Masvidal right now because that's just going to build his star. Let's give him Kobe, Kobe Covington, a guy who we know is going to sell pay-per-views in, who it would be good if he's a champion because, he, because of all the, the, the noise he talks. So right now, I'll, I'll say, like, maybe the UFC sees better options as welterweight champion.
0: I agree with that. I, I, that, that also was the other side of the coin in this thing is I, I wonder just how much they, they think Leon Edwards as the 170 champ is good for business versus like a Colby Covington. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's kind of disappointing if that's the way they go. Um, I, I, I don't, it's not, I'm not saying that Colby isn't one of the elite welterweights right. out there by any means. Uh, it's just kind of a, a muddy situation at the top. And unfortunately, once again, none of these guys have fought each other, right? Like, Colby hasn't fought anybody outside of Kamaru. Uh, Bilal right now hasn't fought any of the other guys that we're talking about in this conversation. Gilbert Burns has only fought Kamaru. Like, other than the matchups with Usman, none of these guys have fought each other. So there's there's like no real clear-cut way of doing it, but I would say, and I told you this was going to happen a long, I mean, months ago, Bilal Muhammad wasn't going to get a fair shake. He just wasn't because his star power's not big enough. And even though his, I mean, look at who he's beat recently. Really good wins, like, none of them are, like, that win that's, that completely just puts you as one of the best, right? Like, it, it puts you in that next... Like, beating Sean Brady puts you in that next tier, but it doesn't say, ready for a title shot. Like, he just hasn't had that fight. And the Shavkat fight, I think, will do that. Now that both of those guys are kind of in that position, but uh, it's, it's just really unfortunate. And, yeah, I think we're going to get a... I think it, it is going to end up being Colby. I will say this. If Masvidal knocks out Burns... At some point, I don't even I don't even think that has to be first round. If he just not, like wins by finish over Gilbert Burns, there's gonna be a massive push for Masvidal to get that shot.
1: If if he beats if if he knocks out Gilbert Burns, I don't see how you still have Kobe as a number one contender. I mean, I know Kobe just beat him, but like yeah. the the story behind Leon and and uh and Trumps in I mean, I think that Leon and Kobe is a is a fantastic fight, but I do too. But like Leon and Masvidal, the story, the build, like there's so much you could do with that. Like I, I know for a fact, I'm, and I'm pretty confident that even though people probably would think that Leon would beat Masvidal, I think that that pay per view, a Leon and Masvidal pay per view, would do better than Leon and Kobe.
0: hundred percent. Like
1: what? 100%. What is Kobe going to say? What is Kobe going to say about Leon? Like, he's going to say like he's probably going to get personal and bring up his dad about how his dad got murdered when he was young, or bring up how he had to struggle when he was growing up, like. Kobe resorts to stuff like that. Like, you remember yeah. all the stuff he was saying about Usman. So like, he's going to say that to get under Leon's skin, but Masvidal walked up on, on Leon in his home country and <laughs> hit him three times, cut his eye. Yeah. Like, come on. This is an organic build with, uh with Leon and, and Jorge. It's there. Um, this Kobe, Leon stuff, it's going to be very, very forced. Yeah. And one thing I just want to say about Bilal. If remember when you fought Luque, if Luke would have won that fight, Luke was gonna get a title shot. You remember that?
0: Oh yeah. Absolutely.
1: But the fact but Bilal won it, won it, and I'm thinking, like, oh, okay, so Bilal is at least gonna fight someone ranked ahead of him. He has to fight Sean Brady. He beat Sean Brady, right. so I'm like, well, surely now he's gonna have he's gonna get to fight right. one of these top five guys. And now we're talking about Shovka. And I'm like, when did like Bilal just became a contender? When did he become a gatekeeper?
0: Yeah. Why
1: is he a gatekeeper? I don't get it. Like I I don't even, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Bilal, like, but just the fact that he's getting so disrespected, I'm oh, it's just crazy. like, give, give the guy a chance, like, the guy it's has crazy. proven getting better every fight, like, give the guy a fair chance, like, like all the rest of these guys, man, I know he doesn't talk like that, but the guy is good, I mean, they're,
0: they're making him take the Leon route, right, like, Leon, it, Leon, what's Leon's win streak now?
1: I think it's 12.
0: 12, but Bilal's at, what, 8?
1: Yes, <laughs> he doesn't say much, but yeah. he gets it done in the octagon, yeah. and. That's what it should be about to me. What do you do in the octagon? Not what you say outside of it.
0: That's right. So, but unfortunately, again, like he he hasn't moved the needle the same, and Leon didn't either. The same way that a Colby Covington or a Masvidal did, and that's why Covingtons had two title shots. That's why Masvidals had two title shots. They moved the needle to a great degree. And I like, I, I'm 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 with you. Like I like Bilal, but I I I'm not like uh, I'm not going to sit here and like Bilal's the greatest welterweight ever. I think he is the most deserving at this stage of where we are. But I told you a while back, like, where he is and, and his body of work, unfortunately, because his star power isn't on the same level as those guys, his body of work isn't going to hold as much weight for, I think, the people looking at it from that, through that lens of, well, he's not a big star, so, what it, so he has to do more. That's like the, the stupid reality of sometimes this crazy sport.
1: You know what I just thought about, man? Just th- trying to think, trying to see uh, through Dana White's lenses, like, he probably looks at a Leon and Bilal title fight, pay per view wise, and he's like, that's going to be the worst selling pay per view of all time.
0: Yeah, of course he does.
1: <laughs> and it's like, no, it probably there's would no be. way I can get <laughs> there's no way that he's right. He is right. Like, yeah. But like, I would love to see that fight. But like, okay, why can't you put Leon and Bilal as the co main event on like
0: International a John
1: Jones, yeah. inter, a John Jones fight? That's right. Why does it have to be a headliner? Like, there's so many good. Uh, fights coming up. Like, why can't you just put put that as a co-main event?
0: Because they don't want to waste mean. a welterweight title shot on a co-main event. They want that to headline the card, yeah, right?
1: They definitely want that That's the only reason why Kobe is at this spot because yeah. they want Leon and Kobe to headline a pay per view, and they know that Kobe's going to sell. So it just sucks, man. I feel for for all these guys, man. Bilal, Gilbert, not so much Masvidal because he's had two chances, but right. you know, I feel for that fight. It's it's the co-main event in Miami. Uh, that fight could have been like so much bigger than it is. But like now, Dana's saying that Kobe's getting the next title shot. So now it's just like, what are these guys fighting for? Just just for the hell of it. <laughs> what does the winner get?
0: I'll say this, and you know this until the, the paperwork is signed, Kobe's not next.
1: That's true, but. <laughs> percentage-wise, when, when Dana says on the on the night of the fight, because yes. he always says, I don't make fights on the night of the fight. Right. But when he does say this person's next or whatever on the night of the fight, normally that person's next. I would love if that's not the case, but that's normally what happens.
0: I, again, I wonder how much resistance Leon will put up in this whole thing. Like, Leon might just be like, no, no, or have outrageous demands, right? Like I,
1: I would want him to do that, but yeah. I just don't see it going far because he's a new champion. And his pay per views, like, I don't like, they're going to make the case that Usman's the guy that the reason why the pay per views was what it was. Yeah. All this stuff. Uh, I just don't think that Leon has the leverage right now, despite being the champion. Yeah. Uh, I think he's one title defense away. I think once he beats Kobe, um, the UFC won't have anything to say about it.
0: Yeah. What does is, what is Kamara Usman do next?
1: I've been thinking about this since Saturday. I think, um, you could put him against like lower guys uh, in the division, like you know, there's Luke A, there's Sean Brady, but I think the perfect stylistic matchup for him, uh, one where the the route to victory is, just, is is clear, but it would still be a high profile fight. Put Usman in there against uh, Wonder Boy.
0: That fight sucks for Wonderboy, Boy, <laughs> right? It, it does, but it gives yeah. Wonder Boy a chance to
1: elevate, and uh, it gives Usman a chance because you know I don't want I don't really want to see Usman fight. These young, I don't want Usman to fight Kai right now. You know, I I'd be down for him to fight Hamza, but Hamza's not available. I'd be down for him to go up to middleweight if that's what he wants to do. But part of me thinks that he's a little sh- on the short side, especially when you got guys like Alex Pereira <laughs> at the top of the division. Yeah. But yeah, I think if he's still wanting to be uh, the to weight champion and all that, I think you know maybe you give him Wonder Boy, maybe you give him Sean Brady. You know. I don't know, but or or maybe you just sit out, do what Kobe did.
0: Yeah, sit I out mean, for I, yeah, sit out for a year and maybe we'll get a title shot next.
1: I mean, because we all know that Usman's body is beat up. I, I wouldn't advise him to sit out for too long because you don't want his body um, to you don't want him to lose what like all of right. the uh, he's getting older, I should say. You want him to still be active, but like come on. Uh, he doesn't have much left, especially after seeing, you know, him in, in these last two fights. He doesn't have much left. So you want to see him active, but maybe take the rest of the year and just kind of see how this division shakes out and then and then come back maybe towards MSG and, and see what happens around then.
0: Give me Usman Hamzat at 185. I like it. That's I I, I like that's my it. path.
1: I, I, I like it, but um I like it, yeah. I'm with you. I like All right. it.
0: All right, let's talk about the co main event. It was Justin Gaethje over Rafael Faziv. This was such a fun fight. Uh, maybe not the uh, just all-out brawl that we've seen Gaethje in at times, but I thought it was a great fight. I, I thought the drama and the tension in this fight, watching these two guys just pick and choose their spots, was off the charts great. Justin Gaethje does nothing but deliver great performances. Uh, 155 delivers again. Justin Gaethje, victorious. Did you, did you have the fight scored for him, and what did you think?
1: Uh, I thought this fight just showed uh, the growth in Gaethje's game. Um, cause you know, part of me expected him to just brawl with them, but since the Ferguson fight or since he lost to Poirier, all those fights after that, he's had this really kind of labored back calculated, but violent approach, uh, to, to these fights. And I think it, it kind of got lost in the, in the Oliveira fight because Oliveira hurt him with his first shot. So yeah. Gaethje was kind of on o- autopilot, but I think in this one, it, I was reminded of like just how far Gaethje has come with his um, with his fight IQ and and, and all that stuff. I, th- I thought he lost the first round. I thought the second round was really close, but I gave Gate I edged it for Gaethje. And I thought the third round was clear as day. Gaethje. I thought Vaziev uh, slowed down uh, a considerable amount, and Gaethje started landing that uppercut and uh, at will. You can see the the damage on uh, on Viziev's face. But I thought the second round was really close. If you would have told me that Vaziev won, I would not have had a problem with it. I thought, but I did think Gaethje edged him. I thought it was very close, yeah. very entertaining, but uh, I would have had Gaethje as the winner. I
0: I thought it was an easy fight for me to score. Uh, I thought it was easily Fazev in round one. I, uh, there's maybe an argument to be made for two, but I thought it was Gaethje by a decent margin. And then third round was obviously Gaethje. We were texting back and forth. I mean, you—if that fight goes to a fourth round, if this is a main event in a on a fight night, I, I don't think it goes to decision, right? I mean, yeah. I, I think Gaethje is finishing that thing. Uh, in, in a fourth round and I, I think the clearly the power was starting to really become noticeable I mean the, the impact that Gaethje shots had on Fazeev over you know versus the other way around now the quickness aspect like we knew that Fazeev was going to be way quicker than Gaethje. Um also I was pretty surprised Will at the size difference I, I mean I knew that there was, was a too. size difference but I was shocked at just how noticeable it was
1: yeah I I was pretty surprised by that I didn't think. I didn't realize that Viziev was that short. <laughs> he's big. And, um, he's got muscles on top of muscles. But, yeah, I didn't think that uh, the size difference was going to be that substantial. Um, but, yeah, Gaethje hurt him with his first leg kick. Uh, and and I thought that uh, Gaethje had moments where he would kind of swing out of control, but there, there were, they were few and far between. I thought he really picked his shots, and he fought a smart fight. Uh, I, I did think Viziev heard him a few times early in the third round, but I think that those were his best moments uh, in that third round. And then Gaethje... Yeah. Took over. I think that Vaziev. I think the the questions about his gas tank are still there for me because uh, I thought the RDA fight. He fought well. He did. He got the finish in the fifth. But I was kind of concerned about his gas tank. And like I like I text you if if this fight was a five rounder, he probably ends that ends this fight in the fourth round because he was really starting to find uh, where where he could land and really be effective. So um, yeah, big big props to Gaethje, though, man. He's still one of the best in the division. I picked Viziev in this one because I thought the speed was going to be like in those in those exchanges where Gaethje swinging wild I thought that Viziev was going to be able to catch him because he's so fast but Gaethje really was able to be on his P's and Q's and see everything coming
0: in a three-rounder like I think Gaethje's the better guy I thought he was the better guy going in I picked Gaethje but in a three-rounder versus a five-rounder I was very nervous about what this one could look like uh and look we, we could have been very close right this was uh the the way they announced, by the way, the scores. I was like, "What is about to happen here?" That was very <laughs> odd. But uh, yeah, Gaethje gets the win. And in terms of what's next for Gaethje, what do you want to see? Where do you think they'll go?
1: Man, I you know, man, I've been wanting this fight since the the title was vacated by Khabib. Um, and they have to do Dustin Poirier, and Dustin Gaethje. I mean that that fight is just, is just it's right there on the silver platter. Dustin Poirier is. Sitting there with it, you know, twiddling his thumbs, like, "What's next?" Gaethje just just beat faziev Both guys have had their shot to the title. This is the perfect fight to make. It was a great fight when they fought, and since then, they've both gotten better. I want this fight so bad. The, the, I, I like them both. Yeah. What, what was that?
0: I was gonna say those are my two favorite fighters in the entire UFC, not just the lightweight division. In the entire UFC, those are my favorite two guys. I think those two guys have collectively put together one of the most entertaining fight catalogs in the entire sport, right? In the history of the sport, like, and that first fight was awesome. I'm in, man. I'm, I am in. I would hate to see one of those guys have to lose, but those dudes do nothing but put on blockbusters individually. And yeah, I think it's time. Let's, let's see the rematch.
1: Yeah, it's definitely time. Look, Gaethje, when he lost to Poirier, that's the fight that changed him into what, into the Gaethje that we see now. The, the championship level Justin Gaethje yeah. after he lost to Poirier that's the fight that that's got him to this to this moment um, and Poirier has just added name Conor McGregor you know of course he lost to to Oliveira but we see we saw so him beat Gaethje. Chandler like yeah. like man the stylistic I mean I don't really need to sell this fight the, the fight sells itself I, we need to see this fight again we I mean, need that, to see that's... this before both these guys retire.
0: If I could have any matchup in the UFC right now of the active roster, that's that's the fight I want.
1: Yeah, that, that that's gotta be. I mean, off the top of my head, I mean, I I've I've wanted this fight for so long. Like that's probably not the top of my list. I've I've got to see Poirier and get you again. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, Gunnar Nelson over Brian Barberena. This one I, I thought was pretty easy to pick. Um Gunter Nelson just once again shows how good he is in the grappling game.
1: Yeah. Um the, especially the fact that this was on short notice, like I yeah. expected Gunnar Nelson went to win by, deci- or, uh, by submission. But then the fact that this was short notice, I, I thought that that Gunnar Nelson was going to win by submission in the first round. And sure enough, that's what he did. I think it's time for him to start fighting the ranked guys. I think he's, yeah. uh, you know, he came back and he kind of fought lesser competition. It's time to, uh, to see what you can do uh, with these ranked guys.
0: I don't know if Michael Chiesa has a fight, but give me Gunnar Nelson, Michael Chiesa.
1: That's a very interesting fight. Very interesting. Uh, Kiesa's actually fighting um, uh, Leech Lee Lee Le, Jing uh, Le Liang uh, next.
0: Oh, that's right. Uh, Le- that's right. I completely forgot about yeah. that. but if he if he
1: gets out of that one unscathed, make that one next. That's a yeah. good one.
0: There you go. All right. Uh, we had Jennifer Maya over Casey O'Neill. This was probably one of the the most surprising and most impressive performances of the entire fight card. I thought, I think we both picked Casey O'Neill in this fight. I thought Casey O'Neill was, I mean, on the heels of Aaron Blanchfield in terms of rocketing up these uh, these women's flyweight rankings. Jennifer Maya has been an elite flyweight for a long time. I just thought, you know, in the crossroads of their careers, this was the time for Casey O'Neill. And although this was a really fun fight and an entertaining fight, I thought Jennifer Maya showed that she's still a ways ahead of Casey O'Neill.
1: Yeah, you know, I didn't think that um, Jennifer Maya had that type of dog in her because Casey O'Neill was ready for a scrap, and Jennifer Maya took it to her. Um, I-, I I was very impressed with her stand up. Uh, she she took everything that um, that Casey O'Neill had for, and um, like Casey O'Neill is going to be fine. She's only twenty five years old. This was a big win for Jennifer Maya because she still proves that she's still one of the elite in this division. And Casey O'Neill, she's only twenty five. She's going to get better from this. Uh, she's just coming back from a torn ACL. Uh, she's got time, but this was a big time win for Jennifer Maya, and I'm excited to see what's next for her because she's got the the ground game. We've seen her submit people, yep. but if she can, but if with that striking, with that she uh, displayed on Saturday, uh, she could she could be a problem for some of these girls. So I was very impressed by her.
0: Marvin Vittori gets the unanimous decision over Roman Dolidze. This was a a tough pick for me, uh, but ultimately I just landed on Marvin Vittori being so well rounded. If you don't finish him. Uh, he's, he's a tough guy to beat, I think on the scorecards and that, that proved to be the case on Saturday.
1: You know, one thing that I thought about Vittori watching this fight, I, I thought that fighting Israel Adesanya and fighting Robert Whitaker really, really helped him because, uh, being a point fighter and learning how to win rounds. Um, yes. I think that really, really helped him in a fight like this. I thought he dropped the first round for sure. I thought the would say came out, uh, really, really you know, coming after him, landing big shots. I think he hurt Vittori uh, on one of those exchanges. But I thought that Vittori just stuck to his game plan, attacking the legs and firing back when he saw the opportunity. I I, I I, wasn't sure who won at the end. I thought it was very close. I thought those leg kicks that Vittori was landing were adding up and Delice didn't address them much like Usman. But um, it was a very good fight. Um, and I'm not, I'm not mad that Vittori won. I, I thought he fought a really good fight, a very smart fight. Um, but at least they showed that he's a problem for these guys in the top five of the division as well.
0: I'm I'm really curious about something going forward. Maybe we can have a more in-depth conversation about this on another podcast, but, you know, we saw it in the Vittori fight. We saw it in the main event with Leon Edwards, and how those leg kicks are judged in the early portion of the fight versus when you finally start to see the damage visually show itself, right? Like, how is Leon Edwards being rewarded leg kicks in the second round Versus when in the fourth round, you're seeing all those second round leg kicks take effect. Like, how, how does that weigh on a judge's mind? And how is, does that overall impact their scoring? Because if you didn't maybe give him credit for those in the second, do you then loop around in the fourth when you're seeing all those leg kicks from earlier having such a significant impact? Like, maybe he doesn't land a single leg kick in the fourth, right? But by the fourth, maybe that's when all of the impact has really started to show itself. Like, how, how ultimately is that scored Uh, I don't think there's necessarily a good way to answer that question, right?
1: There's not. um, If I'm a judge, though, I'm I'm judging this on a round by round basis. Yeah. But like, when you see like when you see the leg kicks in the first couple rounds, you have to acknowledge them, right? But but like once you get to the fourth round and you see the the damage, you're just like, man, I didn't really account for those in the in, in the second round or in the first round. So what you're saying makes a lot of sense. I don't know. I would we would have to ask. Uh, a real judge on that one, but like I thought the leg kicks from Batori and from Leon Edwards were the real story of their respective fights. Agreed. And but but we see a lot of a lot of fights like this, but we don't really acknowledge the leg kicks in the same way. Batori's first three strikes against Elite were leg kicks, yeah. And then the, the whole rest of the fight, it was leg kicks. Like Leon Edwards, all he did in the first round was chop at Kamara Usman, leg, body. That's all he did. So I know there's more fights that were that was like that are like this. I think we should take more in, those leg kicks more into account because not everybody's kicking like Justin Gaethje with force and everything. But the, those kicks that that Vittoria uh, and Leon did land were were very significant in the fight.
0: Yeah, I mean they they uh, like you said, I think they were the difference makers in both. And if you're not accounting for them because visually it doesn't look like you're hurting your opponent in the moment, uh, whereas you know you land like a hook. And if if you buzz somebody, you can tell like that had an impact. You're gonna give you, you know that might be the deciding factor to give that round to that guy. But when you start to see the the impact that you know it potentially cripples you by the end of the fight, like that's that's more damaging ultimately than getting clipped once in the head and having you know 10 to 15 seconds where you're you're scrambling because you're you're trying to find your your balance, right?
1: Exactly. So I mean, uh. I- that's a good question, man. Uh, that, that, that's something that we would have to ask some of these yeah. judges. But, uh, I mean, the leg kicks are, 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 have become a big story in, in this game. And I'm glad that the leg kicks were the story of these fights and they were rewarded as such.
0: Yeah. All right, uh, I'll just get your general thoughts on, on prelims, uh, as many fights as you want to mention or, or any of that. I, I'll just uh, throw out, A, the fact that Mokaev didn't tap and then still got the finish is unbelievable to me. And then the other one I'll say, super disappointing in the uh, Christian Leroy Duncan CLD UFC debut that, uh, that Todorovic had the injury and, and we didn't really get to see the debut um, come to some sort of you know finale the way we would have hoped.
1: I was uh, very impressed by a lot of these prelims. I'll just throw out a couple. But like the very first fight of the night, uh, Veronica Hardy over Juliana Miller. Uh, Veronica Hardy hasn't fought in years, but she came out looking like a completely different fighter. Her striking looked like it was just levels above Juliana Miller, and and Juliana Miller, tough winner, uh, looked really good in her last one. I think Veronica Hardy could potentially be a problem, but we'll see how she uh, adds up, you know, in uh, in her career. Um, Lerone Murphy and Gabriel Santos—that was a very very close fight. I kind of thought that Lerone Murphy did not win, did not win that. <laughs> uh, I'm not I'm not mad at the at the decision, but I thought that Santos. Uh, was more active, uh, had, had the control time. I thought the striking was close. Uh, Santos really made it tough on Murphy, but a uh, very good fight there. Uh, Makayev, obviously, I don't know how he didn't tap. You could see the pain on his face. You could see his knee being bent or, or stretched in that way. I mean, um, most men would have tapped immediately, but uh, I'm surprised he didn't. Uh, and then Jack Shore at featherweight being uh, Amir Khani. That's not an easy matchup to walk into in your first featherweight fight, but um, he looked kind of flat in the first round, but then found his footing in the second. Got the finish. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what's next for Jack Short featherweight.
0: Um, Mokayev ready for flyweight, like either number one contender type of fight, or how 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 high do you elevate him?
1: I think you because I don't think that Filio uh, was ranked, but I think he you definitely got to give him a, a ranked guy. I kind of don't think he's ready for the the top of the top at flyweight yet because he's found himself in some pretty. Um, bad positions in in his last couple of fights, and I, and I don't know if it's just like him underestimating these guys or trying to give himself more of a challenge. But he's you know he's finding himself in in possibly getting submitted in his last couple of fights. So uh, if that happens to a more experienced guy like a you know the Morenos of the world, Pantoja, uh, Alex Perez, or somebody like that, he might come fall. I think you do give him a ranked guy next. He's ready for that for sure. But I'm, I'm not giving him a, a more contender fight just yet.
0: I want to see him against somebody that he absolutely has to respect and feel like he's in real danger against. Cause I get the impression yeah. that he's going into these thinking he's just going to road grade everybody. And, and I think yeah. that's probably why you see some of the mistakes you see. He's not razor sharp because I don't think the level of competition warrant or in his mind, maybe warrants him being razor sharp. So um, obviously the guy has a very high ceiling. All right. Oh, um,
1: what, 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 one, more, one more, one more prelim. I want to mention, man. Uh, you y- y- nail Ashmos oh, over Sam yeah. Patterson yeah the the size difference see they they were showing the you know the tape. this Sam Patterson guy was 6'3 with the 78 inch reach and the size difference was just so substantial I was thinking like okay we got to talk about this guy on the the podcast but then he got knocked out and it was a bad knockout too he's grappling against the referee and stuff it was awful but uh what a knockout that was I had to mention that one
0: I thought he would I had I picked him to win and Sam Patterson that is And, I mean, watching his contender series fight, I was like, this guy, I mean, with that size could be a big problem. And, yeah, holy cow. (laughs) That
1: Uh, was was, was an awful night. I mean, for like
0: two minutes after the fight was over, he's trying to fight everybody in his path because he has no idea where he is. Like, that was vicious. Oh,
1: (laughs) man. That was off the canvas and all, man. It was awful, man.
0: Well, it's a very rare thing that you are as off base as you were in your picks for UFC 286. I think you were one and four on the main card.
1: Hey, that was, that was a tough one to, to judge, man. I got, you know, it's hard to bet against Kamaru Usman. Uh, Faziev has looked great lately. Same with DeLise. Uh, I, th- I thought I had a good read on all those, but Hey, you win some, you lose some, man.
0: <laughs> so uh, unfortunately I like picking second by the way, uh, but unfortunately that has given me the lead. So I am first up for this UFC fight night uh, coming to you from San Antonio, Texas on Saturday, Corey Sanhagen, and Marlon Chito Vera is your main event.
1: I down double digits at this point. Cause I know it was close.
0: I think um, I was ahead. You were ahead it. by a couple and I, I, I got you on an 11 point swing Saturday. So it's gotta be close to double digits. Maybe not quite, but close uh, nine or 10, eight, nine or 10, something like that. But yeah. okay. Yeah. Somewhere in that ballpark. All right. First fight of the main card on Saturday night as my pop-ups are, are coming up, takes us to the middleweight division. It is in Njokhwani and Albert Durayev. Oddshark.com has Chidi as the minus 158 favorite, plus 138 for Albert Duraev. Give me in Jokowani. I think Duraev's grappling game could be an issue here, but uh, ch- there's just something about Chidi that I feel like makes him special, and I think that his... Striking ability in this matchup is going to be the significant difference. I think he's going to hurt Durayev, and uh, I'll take Chidi and Tchikawani. And I'll even go out on the limb and say, by finish.
1: Oh yeah, this is definitely going to be a finish. Uh, it's definitely going to be Chidi and Tchikawani. I think Duraev, if he doesn't get him down, he's going to really struggle with his size, with his uh, with his length, and with his kicks, knees. I mean, it's going to come from from a variety uh, of strikes. Tchikawani's bag is deep, so. Uh yeah definitely give me Inqwani as well.
0: All right, fight two of the main card takes us to the flyweight division. It is Alex Perez and Manel Cop. Alex Perez basically hasn't fought since 2020. He did have the I don't know, 18 seconds maybe of action <laughs> against Pantoja before he was finished. But he is I mean that's it since that uh, title fight to Figueroa that he lost back in 2020. Manel Cop is the minus 170 favorite, plus 145 for Alex Perez. I've gone back and forth on this one. I think Manel Cop has a very high ceiling, uh, but I think, like we said with Mokhayev, I, I don't know. I I don't know if he's in that sweet spot yet of what he could be. Uh, Alex Perez obviously has fought the best of the best. Manel um, Cop is not the same type of danger that Pantoja was. Um, ultimately, I think the speed of Cop is going to be the difference here. So give me Manel Cop over Alex Perez.
1: Yeah, I think that Manel Kopp is, is starting to f- come into his own. I think when he first got into the UFC, he was, you know, just like you explained, um, he kind of saw these guys like, okay, I'm, I'm going to beat these guys. And when he found out that these guys are pretty tough, um, he started out 0-2 and he's like, okay, now I got to come out and I really got to, you know, get started. Um, I think he's finally got the weight down. I think he's got his mind right. This is a good solid matchup for him. And Perez hasn't been in the octagon in a while. So, uh, yeah, give me Manel Kopp as well.
0: All right, fight three on the main card takes us to the women's bantamweight or flyweight division. Sorry. Macy Barber and Andrea Lee. Oddshark.com has Macy Barber's your minus 269 favorite, plus 229 for Andrea Lee. This is Macy Barber for me. Very well rounded. She's won three in a row. Uh, and I think just at different points in their careers. I mean, Macy Barber, I think, is still uh, scratching the surface of what she could be. I think there's still a very high ceiling. And I think she's. Uh, just entering that sweet spot. So, Macy Barber.
1: Yeah, uh, Macy Barber for me as well. Um, you know, I think Andrea Lee is kind of at a level, and uh, I think Macy Barber is still uh, improving. She's still getting better. I think Andrea Lee is kind of peaked. Uh, you know, she had her two-fight winning streak when she beat Sevchenko and, and Calvio, But then she lost to uh, Viviani Arujo, and I think Macy Barber you know she had some slip ups as well but i think she's uh, she's getting better she start she's young enough to where she can make those mistakes and come back uh, a a different fighter and get better so give me Macy Barber as well
0: all right in the featherweight division is Nate Landwehr and Austin Lingo oddshark.com has Landwehr as the minus 225 favorite plus 190 for Austin Lingo Landwehr coming off of one of the best fights of 2022 in that win over David Onama uh just shows i mean how deep he will dig to find a way to win that fight was unbelievable um i just think Nate Landwehr you have to put him away if you don't put him away he's going to keep coming at you he's going to to just dig deeper than you are and he's going to take you to deep waters and see if you can match him in the toughness category i will take Nate Landwehr in this matchup
1: Nate Landwehr for me as well but i think this is going to be tougher than what he thinks i think this is going to be a scrap um austin lingo has had some finishes he hasn't finished anyone in the ufc yet but i think that uh this is a type of fight that you know late land is going to bring it regardless so either you're going to get finished or you're going to be able to come back with something and i think that austin lingo is that type of fighter to where he will meet uh late land uh it's like two trucks just you know colliding so uh, in a fight like that, though, you got to go with Nate Landwehr. So yeah. uh, give me Nate Landwehr as well.
0: Fight of the night candidate, by the way, for those uh, for sure. that are looking for you know, one of the bigger maybe battles of the night. That one potentially is big fireworks. All right, we have Holly Holm and Jana Kunitskaya. Holly Holm is the favorite at minus 245, plus 210 for Jana. Um, I, I like Holly Holm here. I think still at a very high level uh, inconsistencies with Yana Kunitskaya. So Holly Holm for me.
1: Yeah. Um, Holly Holm is so well-rounded at this point. Um, Yana Kuniskaya, you know, she just had a baby, you know, it's, it's not gonna like, we don't really know like what type of fighter she's going to be coming back. Uh, you know, she's coming off a loss to, uh, Aldana. Um, but Holly Holm dominated Aldana and I know we don't like to play MMA math, but, um, I think that this is that uh, Kuniskaya or Yana Santos, she's married to Tiago Santos. She could potentially make this a you know make this a tough fight, but I think Holly Holm is going to be able to take this wherever she wants. So, give me Holly Holm as well.
0: Yeah, over the entirety of this fight, I just feel like Holly Holm is going to be more consistent, and Yana just has a a very I mean we've seen her r- really good, but we've also seen a, a a floor that I think is lower than Holly Holm. So, um, yeah, Holly Holm. All right, the main event. Death Taxes and Bantamweights, right? This this promises to be a great fight, a great matchup. Marlon Vera and Corey Sanhagen in the Bantamweight division. Oddshark.com has Corey Sanhagen as the minus 157 favorite, plus 137 for Vera. If I were going second, Will, my strategy probably would be to take the fighter that you don't take because uh, that's that's the margin I think we're dealing with here. This is such a great fight, such a great matchup. Uh, such a thin margin where I'm I'm still struggling to make a decision. I think Corey Sanhagen has such a good offensive arsenal that I think that combined with Cheeto Vera's slow starts potentially give Corey Sanhagen the, the clearest path to victory if this thing goes the distance. Like if if we are talking about a decision win here for one guy or the other Chido Vera's looking to finish you, right? And if he doesn't finish you, he I, how many fights has he put himself in, in jeopardy of losing because he's looking for those big shots while the other guy is is scoring on him? That's my concern here. If if Chido doesn't finish Corey Sanhagen, uh, is he just going to be on the wrong side of a scorecard? And maybe it's a great fight, but maybe Sanhagen is just touching him while Chido Vera is not throwing anything looking for the big shot. I, because of that, I'm going to go Corey Sanhagen as the pick. Uh, but I don't feel confident about this either way. I think this is going to be an awesome fight, and I can't wait to watch it Saturday.
1: Yeah, man, this is a, a very close fight. Um, like when you like when you think of Cheeto Vera and his in uh, his style, like it could end up being just like you said. Uh, either Cheeto finishes him, or this is probably going to be a, him on the wrong side of a decision. And we've seen it, like when he fought Aldo. He's trying to figure him out, but Aldo is banking is banking rounds, and that was just a three round fight, so he lost that one. But against Cruz, you know it's it's five rounds, so he's able to gather up data and everything as as the fight goes on. And, and in the fourth round, I think he knocks him out.
0: A lot of people thought I Cruz think... was winning that fight though up to that point on the scorecard. Yeah,
1: because because like Cheeto wasn't doing much, but he did not Cruz down. I think yeah. that round before that, so I think it was Cruz up two one. But um, I think Corey is a lot like Cruz. He's going to be tough to hit. Uh, but Corey has knockout power as well. Um, and he, he's more athletic than Cruz. He's got the same type of footwork. But I think Sanhagen is a little bit more athletic. I think he's taller than Cruz as well. Um, I think this is, this is probably a tough matchup for Cheeto, But, you know, just because I'm down right now uh, and we've, bit, we've gone, you know, the same the rest of the way, I'm going to go opposite and uh, I'll pick Cheeto Bear, man.
0: So you're banking on the, the finish then.
1: Banking on the finish. Uh, or, because... I,
0: or he's just got to hurt him maybe in one of the early rounds uh, to, I, I think, give the visual perception that the damage is mounting up. So, yeah.
1: I think regardless, I, I, I don't really see this fight hitting. Well, I there's a chance this fight hits the ground. I'm not going to say there's no chance. But both these guys are primarily stand-up fighters. Sanhagen showed in his last fight that he can take the fight to the ground. I'm curious to see if that's what he, if that's the route he chooses. And we've seen Cheeto fight uh, on the ground as well, yeah. but the two, these two guys fight on the feet um, a majority of the time. And if that's the case, Cheeto always has a chance to end the night with his arsenal of strikes. But the same can be said about Sanhagen. So I expect a dog fight. Uh, but I, you know, I, I, I really don't know who's going to win this fight. But just yeah. since you pick Sanhagen, I'm just going to go like opposite. It. Uh, so we'll see what happens, man. I expect I'll this like probably it. to be the fight of the night. Death taxes, and some weights. We'll see what happens.
0: <laughs> Cheeto, I think, definitely has more power. I will say, I feel like Cheeto's kicks in most fights are an advantage. Um, Corey is three inches taller than Cheeto. Yeah. They have the same reach, but those legs for Corey are longer, and I don't know if Cheeto's kicks are going to be as big a factor against Corey Sanhagen as they are in most of his matchups. So, yeah, it's it's tough to it's tough to figure out, A, like – where the knockout is going to come from and be just the, the traditional slow starts and the way that Corey Sanhagen is so good at, at potentially point fighting that this, uh, this points toward to me, the easy pick being Corey Sanhagen. If you're just trying to say, what's the, what's the easiest path, path to victory, but this is going to be a blockbuster and this is one of my favorite main events uh, so far of 2023. So should be a fun one. Well, we'll do it again next week. My friend, as we get closer and closer to another blockbuster uh, pay-per-view in April with another big-time rematch and Israel Adesanya versus Alex can
1: Okay, wait, man, let's do it.
0: cast is over